0: Modern energy touches all parts of human life. Energy is a prerequisite for development, economic growth and well-being across the globe. However, energy production of all types is also responsible for almost 75% of all greenhouse gas emissions in the world. In its recent report, the IPCC underlines that immediate and large emission reductions are needed to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels, keeping in line with the Paris Agreement. This means that there is no more room for any added fossil fuel infrastructure in the world. If emissions continue unchanged, global warming will surpass 2.8 degrees Celsius already at the end of this century. In other words, from a climate perspective, the transition to renewable energy must happen fast. The outbreak of Russia's war in Ukraine, however, has turned Europe's energy politics upside down. Energy prices have surged and the role of energy in geopolitics has become painstakingly clear. These events affect citizens across Europe as well as firms, states and industries. Yet how the crisis will affect the transition to renewable energy is less certain. One sector that is greatly affected by this crisis is the electricity sector, which also plays a key role in the transition to renewable energy. I have invited PhD fellow Katrine Lombu to join me for this episode of the Green Transition podcast to discuss how the energy crisis affects sustainability measures globally. And also, will the geopolitical struggles end when we transition to renewable energy? Katrine, could you tell us whether green energy transition is possible in the midst of an energy crisis?
1: Well, that is the big question right now that politicians, lawmakers, uh, researchers and activists around the globe are discussing at the moment and since the breakout of the war in Ukraine. Because this war has made the geopolitical and economic risks and consequences of energy dependency on fossil fuel suppliers very visible and very real, even though it, it has really always been a fact. You could say that there are two conflicting overall arguments among Uh, lawmakers and politicians of how to curb this energy crisis. The one side advocates the now or never approach, uh, underlining that the war and the energy crisis are just additional incentives to accelerate the transition to renewable energy. But this is on top of the climate change agenda. While the other side argues that due to the shortage of energy in the short term and the gloomy outlook for a European winter Uh, with shortage of gas and therefore heat, there is an urgent need to expand the fossil fuel infrastructure right now so that we get our demand covered. For example, by investing in new liquefied natural gas terminals and infrastructure and also signing contracts with suppliers. And these will then be in effect for many years ahead. We have seen that, for instance, in Germany. And here it is very important to bear in mind that one of the main characteristics of the energy industry is that it is a very capital intensive industry with very long project pipelines. Therefore, the energy infrastructure that is built now will then log in energy production in decades to come. So the risk is therefore, of course, that investments made in fossil fuel energy production to respond to the need right now in Europe will possibly block renewable energy investments in the near future. So This is also why the response of governments to this crisis is particularly critical at this moment uh, in time, six months after the the outbreak of the war. So coming back to your question of whether a green transition is possible um, at the moment, the answer is um, yes, but that it really depends on governments and other investors and their willingness to uh, invest.
0: How is the crisis affecting the energy industry?
1: Well first of course um, there was uh, a massive shock to the energy and electricity markets in general because one of the key suppliers namely Russia was raising the price and at the same time cutting supply and threatening to actually cut the su- supply completely so of course the EU on the other side also wanted to cut ties to Russia entirely uh, because of the the conflict in Ukraine uh, but that has not happened yet as we know so In this way, you could say that the EU has felt the consequences and the dangers of energy dependency quite severely. And also the crisis overall have exposed how vulnerable the energy industry really is. And now uh, you you find uh, an industry that is really hard-pressed to find alternatives. What we have seen until now is that the EU and governments uh, in general have attempted to accelerate diversification of supply in its energy mix. So that means that the EU is looking for alternative options to Russian gas and also in some cases oil. So this response in some ways bears similarities to the aftermath of the oil crisis in 1973. Back then Europe's very strong energy dependency on the OPEC, on oil, uh, placed European countries and also other countries in a similar situation to what we see today. And the response from many European governments was also back then to diversify supply away from oil as fast as possible. And it's quite interesting to see that this was also at the time when investments began in renewable energy alternatives in Europe and nuclear power as a direct response to this crisis. For instance, Italy invested in solar, wind and nuclear, Denmark mostly in wind. France also in renewable energy, but mostly um, nuclear. And again today, you can see that the key for the European energy industry in general is uh, the diversification of supply. So you could then ask, knowing uh, how this crisis unfolded, could the current crisis have been prevented? And of course, it's easy to say yes, with hindsight, it could, but... Actually, looking back at the past 10-15 years, there are several concrete examples of Russia using its gas leverage against the EU already then, either by holding back supply or raising prices, uh, but always as a political tool uh, and connected to some political disagreement or agenda. So you can say that Europe entered this energy dependency with open eyes. And there have actually also been several occasions where experts have underlined the danger of energy dependency during the past 20 years. This time that it has taken to build the the really comprehensive gas infrastructure to Russia.
0: Will geopolitical power struggles over energy
1: be over when we transition to renewable energy? The short answer is no. Um, Energy is geopolitics, and this is the case whether it's predominantly fossil fuels or renewable energy sources. But one of the cornerstones of a 100% renewable energy system is diversification of supply. It is inherent in a renewable energy system. Because in order to be fully reliant on fluctuating energy sources, we do need a mix of solar, onshore wind, offshore wind, biofuels, etc., but also some different backup solutions to be able to secure a constant energy supply. A renewable energy system is also decentralized rather than centralized. So in this way, the supply comes from many different places and suppliers and is not placed with one key uh, or single supplier. So this, of course, makes a renewable energy system a lot more resilient to crisis. But the dynamics are very different. A renewable energy system will be based mostly on the electrical grid with exception of some hard-to-abate sectors. And with electrification of most sectors in the economy, the strategically most important asset will no longer be a certain type of fuel source that can be transported in barrels or pipelines such as oil and gas, but it will be um, access to the electrical grid. This means that the control and access to the electrical grid will, of course, be key. So from a geopolitical perspective, it is therefore also worth looking at who owns the grids and who invests in the grids. And often it is national governments uh, themselves that invest in their own grids. But there are also examples of foreign state-owned companies uh, from, for instance, China, that invest in European electrical grids. And, well, what this means for the future geopolitical situation is, of course, at this point very unclear. But it is important that we have a discussion of foreign state ownership within the electricity sector. What does this crisis mean for the transition to renewables? Well, first of all, it means that governments need to react quickly. Um, Also taking into account the very limited time we have to reduce carbon emissions to limit global warming, also according to the IPCC. While governments, of course, right now are forced to resort to emergency measures to meet electricity demand in the short term, it's very clear that they also need to focus on accelerating investments in renewable energy, since this is the most effective and lasting and sustainable solution to the two crises, both the energy crisis and the climate crisis. The uh, oil and gas sector is still in many ways more profitable than renewable energy. So large investments by governments are still very much needed to accelerate the transition. One positive outcome of the crisis, I think, is that the traditional consensus about fossil fuels uh, being the stable, reliable energy source and renewable, this fussy, unreliable energy sources, has been challenged and somewhat it is being turned upside down. Because in some ways, fossil fuels have proved to be the, the real variable energy source or intermittent energy source. But a negative outcome of the crisis seems to be that countries in Europe are now going back to coal-fired electricity. And due to the rising energy prices and the in- insecurity of the inflation and a possible subsequent uh, economic downturn, there might be less willingness to invest in renewable energy projects from both private and pu- public entities. This is, of course, because renewable energy projects still carry more risks and often have lower rates of return compared to the oil and gas sector, for instance.
0: Thank you very much, Katrina. This has really been interesting and fascinating to hear your, your take on this.
1: Well, thank you for having me. It's been a real pleasure.
0: At the outbreak of the war, Russia supplied one-third of European natural gas consumption used for heating as well as electricity generation. In the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, European governments responded with heightened ambitions for the transition to renewable energy as a way to reduce dependency on fuel imports. However, six months since the beginning of the invasion, we have witnessed a partial return to coal-fired electricity production to meet demand in Europe. This is likely to increase as we are approaching winter, as demand increases even further. At the same time, the IPCC have made it clear that the world is at a crossroads and emissions must start decreasing. Europe is torn between on the one side securing energy supply by returning to fossil fuels, while attempting to accelerate the transition to a renewable energy. How the war and the energy crisis will affect the energy industry and transition to renewable energy is still unclear, but one thing is certain, it will have long lasting effects on economies, societies and the climate. My name is Marianne Kellmann and I've been your host of this podcast episode on green transition with the topic, can the green transition continue in the midst of an energy crisis?